Hello and welcome back to Bourbon Barrel Talk, episode number four. With me today, I'm Scott Minton, is Craig Anthony, uh, admin of the Louisville Burble Hands. How are you doing today, Craig? Just fine. Thank you for having me. Good, good, good. Hey, uh, we were started off the day, uh, we're, we're having a little Baker 7 to kick off our uh, tasting for the day, and uh, I was, you know, kind of making fun of myself and said that, you know, I've had a few of my friends make comments about the fact that I only open, you know, three or four bottles at a time. And I was asking you, you know, your opinion on that. And, and I'm going to let you elaborate a little bit on, on how you pick you, which, which, which bourbon you're going to drink today. Sure. So, and what I was saying was basically how I often find myself standing there in front of my bourbon shelf, um, facing a, a mountain of indecision about what bottle I want to crack open. And usually it's because, uh, it's something that, is special, you know, maybe hard to find, hard to replace. And I come to the realization, oh, I've gotten into it uh, a little too much. And now I want to save that um, because whatever, it's going to be costly to replace it or I'm not going to be able to find a replacement of that. And it, I mean, it could be something from, you know, a few years prior old rip to, uh, oh, it's that, that private barrel pick of, you know, whatever even like Buffalo Trace, but it's so good. Um, one that comes to mind was Keg Liquors. A while back, they had, a good while back, they had a Buffalo Trace private barrel pick, and I, I probably bought a case of it. Um, a case. A case. And, and it tastes, <laughs> so they, he, Todd, the owner, did not limit, you know, what you could buy. And he touted it as, even though it's, it was regular Buffalo Trace, it, you know, basically it was, try this, it tastes like a weeder. And it did. It was so off profile. And I, myself and, and my wife, who I'm also very blessed that she loves bourbon as much as I do, just we just tore into them. And, I mean, I, I say we bought a case and probably drank through a case in the matter of a month. Oh, gosh. Because uh, it was great. And, 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 and so, but now it's gone. Right. Um, so you have that kind of going through your head, and then you just get caught in this, like, indecision loop. Like, what am I going to open? Um, because I probably, yeah, I probably have like, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 bottles open. So what I do for my wife is I keep a shelf, um, that's, that's her shelf because she feels, uh, trepidation trying to get into my bottles of, you know, she's, my bottles are her bottles. She's welcome to have a pour of whatever she wants, but she feels hesitant because maybe it is something that she knows I bought off secondary or that's harder to find. So Usually the first question I get is, is this safe to drink? So I, this is this is this is the shelf for you, right? So usually what I end up doing is just going to that shelf and just rating it because it's you, you know it might have things like a regular Buffalo Trace like non-store pick, um, or it might have if there's a plentiful amount of, of private barrels of something I have, it might be cracking that open. Uh, bless her heart, she will she will drink what I don't like just to get rid of the bottle. Um, so that's good. But yeah, I often find it hard to... God love her. Right? You found a great woman. Where did you find her? Right. <laughs> She's from Pittsburgh originally. Pittsburgh. But we met in Evansville. I thought they were Canadian whiskey drinkers <laughs> Right, right. So, um, no, we moved, we came to, to Bourbon, I would say, in about 2000. We moved to Kentucky and... We thought we were big time going down and doing the like we did the Maker's Mark tour. Um, our fancy bourbon was Woodford. 
we I don't even know if I would that we had a daily drinker. We liked Eagle Rare a lot. Eagle Rare's a good drinker. Yeah, we did. But that if we felt like we were having something fancy, uh, it would be when we were drinking just, you know, plain vanilla Woodford Reserve. Um, and I think back about that because when we li- when we lived in Louisville from 2000 to 2008, it was right out on the east end, like right behind the, the truck plant. So we were right there in the next, like Liquor Barn was right there. We were in the Nexus Suburban and all the, those were the, you know, the heydays you hear about the pappies sitting on the shelf and all that. And I, I was not into it at all. And, you know, just smack myself in the head with that. But I, I remember a fun little story when we came over to Clarksville in 2008, I was shopping keg liquors and found a nine-year Willett family estate black wax top. And it was like, I, I still have the empty bottle. It was like $69. Okay. Um, so this is before, you know, those became just scarce, you know, like the dinosaurs. Um, and loved it. Just a fantastic bottle. Drank through it in about, you know, maybe... A matter of, I would say 100% drank through it, but four or five months, drank it down. Knew it was something good, so I held on to it, and it probably sat with maybe about an inch and a half left in the bottom of the bottle for like years. Right. Um, found a vintage 17 on the shelf, at also at Keg Liquors. Um, so just, and again, this is before I got into bourbon, but finding that stuff and then like now knowing what i know like oh my god but and it was almost like there's like an innocence that you have right right like absolutely you, you don't know what you don't like now it's like innocence lost yeah like i was telling you you know when you first got here and we were talking a little bit you know before we we got on the air is uh you know the, the things that i drank I, they, they were my daily drinkers and i really didn't think nothing of it until they just started disappearing and then you know i was introduced to the the secondary market and i was like oh god there's a whole different world out here so then I started hearing about other bourbons and I started trying other bourbons and, you know, things to that nature. And it really just shocked me, at, you know, how much I didn't know that I thought I knew. So it, it's definitely one of those things where it's it's been enlightening, I guess, over the last few years being a part of, you know, the Hounds and the Little Bourbon Club. And um, I'm in Tri-State now. So there's a few different ones that I sit in and I talk with different groups and different guys. Like I've not, I've really not even had the pleasure of having as many E.H. Taylors as I would like to have. Like I, I've not had the season barrel. Everybody says that it's magnificent, but I've never had it. So I'm kind of, you know, still, you know, learning the ways and the ropes as far as, you know, what, what, what do I like and what I not like. For me, speaking of E.H.T., you know, I got onto right off the bat when I got into bourbon, like the the barrel proof ones were the ones that just really appealed to me. I just liked that fire. I liked the heat. I liked, uh, I'm, I'm known for putting the, what everyone likes to call the iceberg in my, uh, in my drinks. Um, I think early on I became the stag junior guy. Um, Owen, my admin counterpart, I think he attributes me to increasing the demand for stag junior by like a factor of a hundred because I would post up so much about it. Um, and I do love it. Like that was my go-to put a big block of ice in the glass, dump stag junior over it, which because as that cube proofed it down, like it was such a game changer. I think a lot of guys like batch one stag junior, 
to this day still catches so much grief. Like, oh, it's, it's pure gasoline. It's just, it's so hot. I think that folks weren't quite ready for bourbons of that high a proof. Right. Um, I appreciate, uh, I think it's batch nine stag junior that I don't necessarily care for, but beyond that, uh, I'm a fan of all of the stag juniors and of course the big daddy, right. George T, but it is what the ice does to it. Um, is a game changer. And there's a lot of uh, guys I've converted to, to stagism as it were, where, you know, man, put a block of ice in there and, you know, they'll reply back in the groups. Yeah. It's a total, a total game changer. To me, it really opens the caramel notes. Like yeah. I, I really start to grab, you know, some caramel and some toffee and it just really just opens up the flavor. And I, stag is my personal favorite. Like you can take every other bourbon, put it on the table. If I have the option to go for it, I'm going to go for George T um, George, the Stag Junior is probably fourth or fifth on my on my list of things that I prefer to drink. So, I mean, I really understand where you're coming from on that side. Well, and I kind of, so I kind of got off track with my story, but my point to that was is as I was going down that barrel proof bourbon rabbit hole, uh, I got to try some EHT barrel proof. I was like, man, this is fantastic. And then just like with the Stags, like you had your different batches, and the different batches were were different proofs. But it became almost like overnight by the time that I got into it, just so hard to find. Like immediately it just seemed like it was like it was a release bourbon. Like you were if you were gonna get it, you were gonna have to go camp out and wait in line at, at liquor barn or where have you, and and that's how you were gonna get it. Meanwhile, even though Stag Jr. has kind of graduated to that now, it seemed to have a little bit more longevity to it of being able to find it on the shelf, uh, as opposed to where EHT BP was just, it's to me, my perception just seemed almost instantly like harder to find. Um, and now you have like 1792 foolproof when it, when it came out. Oh my gosh. Same thing. Yeah. Start chasing that, start chasing barrel picks of that. Um, I think my first find of 1792 when it started being released to the wild was, uh, I was actually in Evansville and there's a store there called Liquor Locker and just asked about it. Right. Yeah, we have it. Okay. How, is there a limit? No. Okay, I'll take a case. So I think you'll it, somewhere buried in hounds, you'll see a, a six bottle crotch shot, which I basically just formed a seventeen ninety two foolproof pyramid on my crotch in the car, <laughs> and and took the picture. Uh, you probably saw my stag junior post a, yes. a few months back. Yes. I, I happened to walk into one of my clients, and it was it's in the West End, so I. Uh, that's kind of where I frequent to find my bottles that are kind of a little bit harder to find. And um, I walked in there. He goes, man, this has been on the shelf for like a month. And I'm like, I'll take them all. <laughs> like there was no question asked. You know, I didn't even ask him how much they were. Um, but I paid a little bit more than I would have liked. But still, nonetheless, I mean, they, they just become that hard to find that, you know, I immediately just just grabbed them all up. And, and you know, I had five of them sitting in my lap and on the console and everything else. So I understand the, the pyramid effect of in that nature. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and your like your tastes your tastes change over time. So, like to your point, like you like to have just maybe a handful of bottles open at a time and then go to the next. Um I can get in that mood and be the same way. It's just unfortunately I just will not finish the ones that are open before I move on to the next one. But I will I will my my pendulum can swing from like in barrel proofs to oh you know what now i'm going to go down the private barrel rabbit hole 
because um, that's a whole other rabbit hole in itself that Absolutely. you can go down. I mean, Four Roses just alone over right. the last year has just been ridiculous. Right. And that actually, so that, that actually was the first one. And so for me, like, let's talk that. Let's talk specifically Four Roses. With theirs, it's getting enough exposure to all the different recipes so that you can find the one that you like. Right. That is, any anyone that starts talking to me about that, that's like the first... Like, 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 I'll give you a homework assignment. Start going and finding some, some Four Roses private barrels. Here's how the different recipes work. Here's kind of what you can expect with each one. Find one that you like and then start chasing that dragon. So, like, for me, it's the OBSKs and the OESKs. Yes. With OESK being my top. Um, however, there are some older OESVs that I really like. So, the... Um, and I may be mistaken because I've drank a lot of bourbon since then, but the Father's Day Four Roses release, I think, was an older OESV, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds right, but I I, I don't remember. Which was like... I, I didn't have the pleasure of having it, so I, I just remember seeing pictures of it. So. That, it's, it was a fantastic bottle. Um, and actually, that was just last night. I was uh, found myself standing in front of my bourbon shelf and trying to decide what I was going to have a pour of, and I was eyeing up. I had, there's two Four Roses that I have... Um, some older OESKs, and there's probably maybe a fourth of the bottle left, if that much. And same thing, like, start to reach for it. Uh, I'm going to make it last. <laughs> I'm going to make it last. Um, yes, there'll be other OESKs, but but there won't be this one, you right. know, because it's, it's that barrel or whatever. So, um, the... Uh, I, I got the Merle's Buffalo Trace bottle. I did see that today. today. Matt uh, Jasnoff said he got a bottle up there. He said he saw you up at Merle's. Yeah, yeah. Um, and same thing. Like that's like I got two one liter bottles of it, and I was gonna crack one open tonight just to taste it. Probably still on the fence. Like oh, maybe I like to do a review, you know, in Hounds. But th- that start that starts. I don't know what you want to call that. Like there's. It needs an acronym. Like, there's FOMO, right? Right. Um, so what is an acronym for that? When you find yourself um, in a stare down with one of your open bottles and you can't... Or even maybe you have one that's not open, right? And you can't bring yourself to crack it like you want to, but you're like, I, I don't know. Like, if I get into it, I'm going to... Well, see, that that's my fear right there. Right. Like that is my, that's always been my problem. So that's the reason I've tried to keep that... Like, hey, you've got these four open, drink those down, and then find the next one that you really, really got to have. Or I, I will I will crack one on a special occasion. Like, I, I was able, lucky enough to get two of the 2018 George T. Staggs just recently. Um, I walked into a Scores Liquors over off Shepherdsville Road. And I got talking to the guy, and we realized we had a lot in common. And he's like, yeah, I still had these two left over from last year. And I'm like, well, how much are they? And they're like, they're $500. I'm like, well, that's why they're left over from last year. <laughs> So I got talking to the guy for a little bit and, you know, before the end of the day, I, I bought both of them for 500. So I felt like, you know, I paid more than way more that than retail, fine, but it fine was a deal. fine deal. Yeah. So I, I felt comfortable about it, you know, but when I got home, I still had the, oh shit, I just spent $500 on two bottles of bourbon, you know? So I, I was like, well, what can I sell to recoup part of my money? So then I ended up getting rid of two bottles that I really wanted to keep, but it made my wife feel better and it made me feel a little bit better because my wife doesn't drink bourbon. So therefore... Uh, um, if I go a little overboard, she's like, "Whoa, that's a, what are you doing here?" <laughs> right. Well, so, so to your point, like, I have 
my all-time favorite George T is the 2016, 144 and some change proof. Love it. So, one I got at retail and went through it way too quickly. Part of it was I, I share my bottles, so that also helped deplete it a lot. Um, don't, don't share them as much as I used to. I got away from that a little bit, but I'm trying to get back to that. Um, just because it just social life just fell off work, family, whatever. Right. So, but I ponied up, paid, I would, I would call it reasonable secondary for another bottle. Drank through that. <laughs> <laughs> took a took, took some time, but, but drank through that. Uh, and again, part, part of it was sharing, but mostly drank through that. Um, then, so the third bottle that I have now, a, a very good uh, bourbon friend transcending to just good close friend uh, actually gave me a bottle. And so now I'm about halfway through that bottle. Um, again, that's probably 50-50 sharing. Should we give you drinking. a nipple? So, that so last if a I, you know, if I, I don't, my blood type is... is GTS. That's my blood type. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Or maybe a stag junior. But um but that's kind of the the thing that you know, the process that's playing out of my head as I'm I'm going there trying to decide uh what to get into. And and saying all this and realizing what a little spoiled bourbon brat uh I must sound like, you know, said, Oh, I just have I have all these just amazing which I it was it would surprise people how unamazing uh my bunker and and my collection really like i have a few nice bottles and and a, and a few dusties but there there are guys out there that you know they let you take a peek at your bunker and it's rows deep of you know gold veins and four roses limited edition small batches and dusties and all sorts of amazing bottles so i think that's something that would surprise folks like my Bunker doesn't necessarily go as deep. There's a lot of, I mean, I'll admit it, there's a, there's a lot of tater bottles. I'm fine with that. Some of them are, are good bottles. Um, God, good Lord, I've gone down a New Riff private barrel rabbit hole like mad. I'm such a fan of New Riff, really. So, I don't know if you listened to episode three or not, but Matt, he talked about no, I got the, I'm up to two. I've okay. got the so, three. So episode three, Matt talks all about the New Riff process. So uh, he, I guess he went there with one of the local stores and, they went through and did a tasting, and and he was you know going through it, and and I, I told him I said you know New Riff has just really impressed me with what they've been able to um, accomplish on a four year bourbon, because um, I do like you know fuller proof, I like you know aged bourbon, um, but I really feel like their four year picks are just unbelievable. Um, the full proof uh, seventeen ninety two you're pouring right now that. I, to me, I really like it. I was uh, impressed whenever I tried it at the wine rack, so that's the reason I picked up a bottle of it. And uh, hopefully you'll like it as much as I do. <clears throat> so, speaking of, you know, going on a store pick, that type of thing, um, I would really like to, you know, get your insight on that because I think that's something that most people have never had the privilege of doing and kind of tell us about the process, what was your favorite one, and, you know, what are the ins and outs of doing that? Certainly. So, I have a lot of fun on pretty much any of them that I go to. Some of them, we may get up to more antics than others. 
Um, I've been very blessed to be able to go on on several. I've been able to do Four Roses multiple times. I've been able to do Buffalo Trace multiple times. I've been able to do 1792, New Riff, Wild Turkey. Um, am I leaving anyone out? We've done some that have not been at the distillery. They've been like samples at the store. Gotcha. So there's been that as well. Um, Heaven Hill, um, done a Heaven Hill, Elijah Craig. Uh, trying to think if I've, if I've left any out. Um, <laughs> we did it. We did a Blanton straight from the barrel, which, <laughs> which we're going to be sampling later. <laughs> yes. I did bring the hounds Blanton straight from the barrel and I'm using air quotes that of course folks at home can't see, but private barrel. So we had a lot of shenanigans with that. Um, created a lot of feels in the bourbon world so we'll just move past that but anyhow it is a good blanton very good blanton straight from the barrel uh and no hounds were harmed in the picking of said (laughs) barrel so we'll leave it at that but uh so one story that comes to mind as far as barrel picks would be went with a group down to oh i've done willet also just popped in my head also gotten to do willet um went with a group down to barton's and we did a 1792 foolproof pick. And after the pick was done, uh, we went to Mammy's for lunch. And if, you, if you're in Bartstown, definitely go to Mammy's. Absolutely. Uh, it's not the most keto-friendly place in the world. <laughs> no. Uh, which, at the time, was not a concern of mine. But le- very legit chicken and waffles. Very legit. So maybe you can get some, some kickback from Mammy's for now having advertise them on your podcast (laughs) (laughs) this podcast sponsored by mammies so home of the chicken and waffle right so we went one of our our group had a little too much we did sample 10 barrels um 10 barrels and so he made it out of the car he was not driving by the way we were responsible we had a designated driver and he got out and immediately just all that bourbon came back up right there in the parking lot. Well, at the same time, Bardstown PD was rolling through the parking lot. <clears throat> and so they stopped and, and is, is he okay? You know, what's going on? Oh, we went first. No, he's not driving. But second, we, we just came from Barton's. We did a barrel pick and He's had a little too much, but he's not driving. We're okay and all that. And so they went on their, their merry way. But he, he was wrecked. There was texts and phone calls to coordinate pickup from wife and all the <laughs> fallout he had to face from the wife that it was, you know, 1130 or noon on like a Tuesday and he was wasted. And so that was a good time. Um, I always have fun. Um trying to crotch shot interesting things while on barrel picks. It's always fun to crotch shot an entire barrel. That's always fun. Um, the last pick I went on, uh, I won't say the name, but with a, with a large chain liquor store in the Louisville, Kentucky area uh, that I went on a barrel pick with them in Buffalo Trace. I think there's a very infamous picture of me crotch shotting a barrel thief, putting in a very... Uh, interesting position has to look like I'm endowed with a copper 
thief, <laughs> as it were. So just it's it's fun to have. Uh, it's good to have fun like that. So how was the Weller foolproof pick? I know, I know that you went on one recently. We did. To do that. We did. So you know it's. It's kind of anticlimactic, and I hate to say that because I know a lot of people have Weller foolproof built up in their heads. But like when you go and you do a Buffalo Trace barrel pick, you're 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 sampling Weller at full proof. So they will give you a row of glasses um, of the Weller, you know, straight from the barrel, as it were, not proofed down, and then another row of glasses where they've proofed it down. And so just to like walk you through Buffalo Trace's process, so. They have they have glasses and there are lines marked on the glass and so they will fill it up so full with bourbon and then they will fill it up to the next line with water and that kind of roundabout proofs it. Um, as as I've gone on more barrel picks at Buffalo Trace, that process has changed a little bit. Um, they are now breaking out a hydrometer um, and actually kind of checking the proofs. But they, and you get that, like, when we go with that large chain store I was talking about, like, they will go and you're not just picking Weller, you're picking Weller and Blanton's and Buffalo Trace and maybe a Hancock's and, and all, you know, a plethora of barrels. Like, I, the last pick that I went on was 27 different barrels. So, 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 all right. So you're getting probably what a half ounce pour with every one of those, roughly. Yeah, honestly, you're you're getting you more or less get as much as I mean as much as you want. So like Buffalo Trace, the there's you know rows of glasses, two rows of glasses set up from each barrel. Um, some are barrel strength, and then the rent, the others are proofed down, and. There's not necessarily enough glasses for everyone, so you're you're kind of sharing the glass or whatever. But I've never, like, there's never not been enough bourbon to sample, and you weren't limited to gotcha. the pour that you had, at least as far as far as I could tell. Right. Um, but twenty six taste. I mean that that that's got to put a hurting on your normal. It man. it does. I mean, I feel like I have a good tolerance uh, from all the barrel proof stuff that I imbibe. But it was daunting. My tongue, my mouth was numb. Can you really taste the difference at the end by that point? Oh, no. Hell no. <laughs> no. So the first probably four or five barrels you picked so were I, pretty good. <laughs> yes. So I, the, I'm, I'm, I'm being coy. But the, the store was Liquor Barn. Um, and uh, so Brad Williams was there from Liquor Barn. And it's it's good to see that like like my palate aligns a lot with his. Like we tend to agree on most of the barrels. Not that it, it matters because he has ultimate say and I really like I'm just happy to be along and, and picking the barrels. Um but our palates do usually align or maybe the one he chose, maybe one that I chose as my second place barrel per se. Um, and that's that's part of the barrel pick process. Like you have to, there may be someone that's kind of the ultimate deciders of the barrel pick. So don't get too bent out of shape if your if your horse didn't come in, as they say, you know, for for the barrel that you liked, because um, it's it's all about the experience. Now with with like a smaller group, like hounds, with our barrel pick that we have coming up for new riffs. So w- we will go. Um, 
if Owen's tagging along, then like we will be the, the kind of the deciding factors on it. Um, that one's going through Liquor World and same thing, Bill Durham with Liquor World. Our palettes usually align. Um, Pretty closely. Yes, and that's another another store that I've been able to go on a, a lot of picks through. Um, so that's good. Um and gosh, like the last the last new riff we picked that that was a fun a fun pick the Hound's new riff pick that we did we went there we sampled five or six different barrels and then we were like can, can we try another one um, and they and we actually asked said you you know you pick it this time so they picked it and we tasted it and it was like oh like this is great and by that time we were feeling good and we said you know what can we get more than one barrel. And, and, and I, so I know some of the corporate new riff folks pretty well because we got in at the beginning with them and it was, yeah, you can have second barrel. Awesome. Okay. And I, and I really hope that happens again this time, like fingers crossed, maybe not, but that would be fantastic if it happened. They're very generous with their, their private barrels. Theirs is a unique process. Like you go into to new riff, you're going to, a lot of times, like you go, the barrels are 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 picked out. Um, you thieve the barrels, and then you taste them, and and on you go. With New Riff, uh, you walk in. You, first of all, you're not their distillery. You're at you're at their other site, um, which is where their their Rick House is, and their bottling line and all that. And so you go, and they have a really cool room where you do your tasting at, but you first you walk in to a big open area, and they have the, the barrels laid out, and they have tasting, they have like a sheet that they give you of the tasting notes on there, which is really neat. Um, and, you know, people have different schools of thoughts when they're doing barrel picks. Like, some people, like, I don't, I don't want to know anything about the barrel. Don't tell me the age. Don't tell me where it was. Don't tell me the proof. I just want to taste it. And 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 then go from there so we've had some people in our in our group that just they didn't even want to look at the tasting notes they didn't didn't want to be influenced in some way um but so basically you, you, their, their process is you're supposed to just kind of look at those sheets and then decide based on that which x number of barrels let's say five that you want to sample and then they will it can work either way you you might be able to thieve or they'll thieve them for you fill up um 375 mil bottles bring them in and you'll you'll go through and, and taste them and if you need to go do another run through or maybe you come down to your top three and we want to do another run through that's fine they'll do that um wild turkey you will go that i'm glad i said wild turkey that just popped a memory in my head of what i would say is probably my favorite barrel pick of all time we went and did a wild turkey barrel pick on a friday Jimmy was our, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Jimmy was our tour guide. And we get into the Rick House, and there was already eight barrels that we sampled. And someone said, hey, we hear you got, I'm sorry, not Jimmy, Eddie. Eddie. Um, getting my Russells confused. But anyhow, so we hear you got a rye barrel scrolled away in here. Oh, you wouldn't. You guys wouldn't want any of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, we we would. So he we go through the labyrinth of the Rick House, go up to this rye barrel where you can see little pokes had been made in the side of the rye barrel, 
he makes another poke and a little spring of rye bourbon or rye whiskey starts flowing out. And we're fill, we fill up a Glencairn full of it and then we all pass it around our sampling. It was awesome. And uh, then, then Eddie is, and like at the beginning of the pick, Eddie was, his face was just beet red. So I had wondered if he just had like, like bourbon in his Wheaties <laughs> that morning, you know? And even when he showed up by the, like he, he has this, this really nice uh, Harley that he drives and he rolled up to the visitor center in it, which, which was just, it was interesting seeing him on that, on that Harley. Cause he had like the hard side saddle bags on it, color match anyhow. But, uh, we're in there. We have been, we did the tour. We've been sampling the barrels and then, uh, and he just like was letting it all hang out. He's like, you know what the, he's like, F it, you know, it's Friday. I know it's like 1130 on Friday, but we're here. We're drinking bourbon. Like, does it get any better than this? You know, we're, we're feeling good. You want me to pull three more barrels off the Rick? <laughs> Hell yes. We want you to pull three more barrels off the Rick, like twist our arms. And I mean, he just, he runs over and gets there, the, I don't know what you call it, but it's a big hydraulic spring-loaded thing that, you know, raises up and you roll the barrel on and lifts it down. And he's just, I mean, he manhandled that thing. Like, I, you know, he he was doing work. Put that thing up there, pulled three barrels off. We popped the bungs on them, sampled three more barrels. Um, and it just, like, it just seemed real. Like, you were just hanging out with Eddie Russell, just randomly just breaking open barrels off the rick and tasting them. And we walked away with a great Russell's Reserve that day, but that that was that was really a great pick. But that's the thing, like you're in the Rick House doing it, and there's right. others like 1792. You might sample at the at the visitor center, or you might go in the Rick House and do it. Buffalo Trace is in the Rick House. Um, Four Roses, you're going to go to Cox's Creek and do it, and they have their their tasting room there. So have you done one with Al Young? Uh, I did not get to do one with Al Young. Uh, Hounds did a Four Roses pick, and Al Young was on that pick, but I was not able to go to that. So, but no, I've gotten to spend some quality time with Al, but not on a barrel pick, unfortunately. So back when I worked with uh, Mercy Academy, I was I sat on the board of directors there for quite a few years. Um, Al would come over and do a private tasting for our uh, benefit off Broadway every single year. He'd come in and he'd bring, you know, probably twenty bottles of bourbon. And, you know, as many people that wanted to drink until the bourbon was gone, he was like, here, just keep drinking people. So Al was a great guy, and we really always had a really good time with Al and um, always really appreciated his generosity to want to come out and help a nonprofit or, or a school in in that situation. So um, what do you think about the, the 1792 foolproof, the, the, the wine rack pick there? I like this. Uh, there's a lot of, like, for me, like brown sugar action going on. It's a nice, warm, sweetie kind of bourbon. It really is. Um, yeah, I don't, I, and I don't need no iceberg for this. This is right. good. No, it was really good. Yeah, I, I tried it with the iceberg because I wanted to see what the difference <clears throat> mm-hmm. was. But I, I'm like you. I, I think just the way it was was it was just perfectly good. I, I think they did a phenomenal job on that pick. Um, when we went over to the store and, and I tried it, like I said before, I bought the bottle. I was uh, like, man, this is really good. And then got this bottle we opened it today and i poured a glass and i was like you know i, I still hadn't tried it with ice so i went ahead and threw a little mm-hmm. on the ice just to see what the difference was but it, it's actually way better neat than what it was with the ice there are some real so barrel strength 1792 is is fantastic uh, i just 
it's been maybe a weekish ago now. I got to do a barrel pig down there. And I actually have a sample of it at the house. You'll have to come by and try some. Uh, 133.6 proof. Um, 17.92. So your foolproof's proof down to 125. Um, but uh, <coughs> cotton candy, man. Really? It's like cotton candy. Hmm. Yeah. I probably, so, should, I probably should have said anything. Now you're going to be influenced. You're going to, you're going to come and ah. try it and you're going to be tasting. I don't, I don't get the cotton candy, but no. Uh, for me, it was, it was yeah, it was like bubble gum or cotton candy or something like that. So it had like a really sweet. Really sweet, hmm. yes. So the 1792 sweet wheats, the one that I've had of those, have been really, really, really sweet. Uh, and I can kind of get where you would get that idea. But, you know, the foolproof or, you know, the barrel, you know, whatever those are, I, I've, that's one of the better ones that I've actually had. This is very good. So, yeah, I'm going to pour a little bit of this blends or do you want to pour it for me? So help yourself, sir. You feel free to have a healthy pour. The in quotations, Louisville bourbon hounds, single barrel, straight from the barrel Blanton's pick. Go ahead and tell us a little bit more about one of the picks while I pour this so that we don't have too much dead air. (laughs) Certainly. So the, uh, (laughs) uh the foolproof pick that you had asked about um actually i would say probably there was more of a craze for the non-chill filtered old wellers than maybe the foolproof like i feel the foolproof if there's a foolproof craze i feel like maybe it's it's fueled by the perceived uh secondary value of those especially the private barrel ones um, but when Buffalo Trace decided they were not going to chill filter Old Boiler Antique, I think that's like there's a lot of just like I was very excited about that because I do feel like you can definitely taste a difference between a chill filtered and a non chill filtered bourbon. To me, it's just it's more viscous, it's a viscous, I forget to say that word, um, oily more meaty there's just more of a substance yeah, to it. it it sits on the rim of the glass like right when you swish it around you can kind right. of see the viscosity or just even and... it clings to the tongue all that right so and i can remember like the first probably the first private barrel non-chill filtered old weller that i remember is one that uh larry rice and his team did at the silver dollar and so it was an old label Old Weller, and it was non-chill filtered, and managed to to get one of those whenever he had a release um, out of uh, the Pearl, and just delicious, a delicious bottle. So then, it wasn't too long after that Buffalo Trace opened up their um, their private barrel program for the the Old Weller to have the non-chill filtered option, but people didn't necessarily know about that yet that it was an option because i can read so <clears throat> i believe and if 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 a listener hears this and you know what needs to correct me if i'm wrong go right ahead but so i believe that i was i actually did the first store pick non-chill filtered old weller antique and it would have been um gosh either get in line or baby new year can't remember which one came first. I, I think it was 
get in line. No. I'm losing my mind now. So what year, what year would that but have been? That would have been... Gosh. Like 2016? No, it would have been later than that. 18? 18? Okay. Yeah. I couldn't so, remember when they started that. I think... Seemed like it was longer. What's than clouding my memory is Baby New Year. I think was just the first one of like 2018, because it was like it was like January second or third that we picked it. And it was so cold, like there was frost on the inside of the windows when we picked it. Um, so I believe Get in Line might have been one of the first ones to roll out. Um, and when we were there picking it, that was when we did with uh, Liquor World. It's actually Liquor World's pick. And we're there and we're picking it. And I'm like, so can we get this non-chill filtered? Which was funny because the Liquor World crew were just like, that, is that a thing? <laughs> can we even get that? And so Susie, she's, she is awesome. She runs the, 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 if you go on a barrel pick, she's the one that's, that Susanna uh, is the one that's running uh, the show while you're there on the barrel pick. And she she is as smart as they come, knows her stuff, knows a, a lot of stuff about the science of bourbon. And so she's like, yeah, you can, that's definitely a thing you can do. And oh my God, like taters are going to take, you know, people are going to love this. So, um, and actually the story behind Get In Line was... Uh, Several months back, Liquor World had done a release. Like, they announced the release on Facebook where they played it up, and people are like, oh, it's going to be Pappy. It's got to be Pappy. Um, and people waited in line. I was one of the ones that, that was in line and waiting for it. And then in the morning, um, probably the best bottles that were released were some of their old label, Old Weller Antiques. And folks were like, What? Like, I stayed in line all night for, which, that's a thing that happens nowadays. Like, people be like, yeah, I'll stay in line for a private private barrel of Weller all day long. But, the, you know, think of the time. This is like 2016-ish, 2017-ish. So, um, so there was a lot of, like, you know, people needed to write some things in their feelings journals because of that. <laughs> so, when we did the barrel pick, I was like, I know exactly what you need to name this. Get in line. Um, just as a little like zing, you know, to, to some of the folks that were just like, why were we waiting in line for, for OWA? Um, but I believe that was among, if it wasn't the first, it was among some of the first non-chill filtered O-Wellers. But yeah, just that, that was such a nuance hmm. and people didn't, you know, and, and then once it kind of, cause you immediately saw it like in the secondary groups, uh, anytime somebody saw a private barrel pick, is this, is this non-chill filtered? Can you verify this? People were emailing Buffalo trace or calling their, oh their, their, you know, 1-800 bourbon line or whatever it is they got just trying to verify if a, if a, you know, a store pick was non-chill filtered. Do you have verification from the owner? Like I want owner verification that this is, were you on the barrel pick? Um, because that meant something to people that, right. that was a much, larger craze than i i think than foolproof so yeah i mean let's be honest what foolproof is really just owa just a little hotter right right i mean and not i mean really you're probably talking like maybe seven proof points higher right like it's not a whole lot hotter uh at, at barrel proof so and you're 
Especially, and, it, and it's still watered down, right? I mean, it, it's probably coming out of the barrel. Correct, one thirty. Correct, and what? Not necessarily. Huh. Those they're usually not. I mean, you're talking about especially now. Um, you're talking about a what, six, seven year, maybe if you're lucky, eight year bourbon, maybe. Um, but I want to say that you're you're looking average around a seven year, so not super hot unadulterated from the barrel. I, I think you would do good to even approach 120 just straight barrel proof old weller. So you're you're getting a few more proof points. And I you there's I've seen some chatter in the groups so that like people are losing their minds for a few more proof points higher. Um and I don't know, you know the the full proofs that uh, I've tried are like they're okay. It's not like this is something I would totally tater up for and, and start chasing or anything. Like, it's a great bottle. I will enjoy it. Like, I will, when, Lord, please let the hounds foolproof get bottled already. I don't know when we're going to see that. Um, I, ho- a, I hope I'm lucky enough to get one of those bottles. It shouldn't be too hard for folks to get on that. This, this one, <clears throat> so the hounds foolproof is probably more store controlled than our other barrel picks just because of what it is. So for that reason, this one, you won't necessarily, you won't see a, a Google sheets order form to do it. Like you see with the other bourbon hounds, barrel picks. I'm advocating this as a straight release. I love camping out for bottles. Um, used to do that a lot, really got away from that just because of life. But, uh, I would love to see this be, uh, a genuine release and I've, I've even been on like I've tried to advocate to to liquor world even a liquor barn like hey enough of this raffle stuff we need one good old-fashioned you know pappy or or btac release yes there's going to be line shenanigans and yeah you're probably gonna even with their raffles though you get this you're going to get emails and and people upset or whatever because they feel like stores should police what people do with their bottles after the fact but it would be nice to just have to just one time have a you know a genuine good old-fashioned really so for that reason i i I hope that and i I feel like that's probably the way it's gonna go like it's just gonna be an announced release you know hey you know releasing it 9 a.m tomorrow we'll have x number of bottles blah 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 and just do it that way um but yeah because it's foolproof it you know it's a different animal. Yeah, people will definitely be camping out for that bottle, I'm sure. I'll be camping out for that <laughs> bottle. I, I, I like it. So Right. So um, the, the foolproofs that I've had, I thought were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm wondering why more places don't offer a foolproof option. Um, like, Old Forster really comes to mind in that situation. Like, Honeycomb that was picked by the OBC recently. Great bottle drank it you know i've been enjoying it um but i really wish that you could get something at at barrel strength or closer to barrel strength than you know your standard 93 94 proof i am in that same boat with you sir so i i I, of course you're you definitely get more yield if you proof it down right right and but don't you think they could charge a a premium for a full proof versus a i i feel like a true like private barrel program should be highly customizable. 
like you can if you just want it straight from the barrel you can do that if you want it proof down you can do that even if you want it in liter bottles if you want it in pints or 100 mils um, if you want a bun if you want a mix if you want to get some some cute little you know 50 mil airline bottles things like that which yeah. Again, like distilleries don't, they don't do that, but that would be, it'd be fun, right? No, it absolutely. And it's actually an amazing idea, really, because it gives more people the opportunity to at least get a try of it, right? Not everybody's going to be generous enough to say, hey, I got this 1792 pick, man. I'm more than willing to, you know, crack it open. Anybody that wants to, you know, just come on over and have a sip. Right. Um, some people are very hoardy, like, you know, that's that's one of the reasons, like, I, I love guys like you, and, and, and Q's been a great guy. Like, every time I run into Q, I mean, he's literally got six or seven bottles on him, and he's like, try this. He is the real deal. This. He, he, at his, ha, ha, have you been to his house for a tasting? I've not been to his house okay. yet. I did get an invite um, last month, but I just happened to be going to a charity event that night, so I was kind of upset. I almost, like, when it was like, Becky, can, can I skip this event tonight? <laughs> it, it's, I'm just going to say it's an experience. Uh, he puts a lot of time and effort into planning out those tastings, and uh, it you could not encounter a more just real, authentic, genuine kind of guy. He he's a good guy. So um, I was I was a little bit hesitant at first when he reached out, you know, and wanted me to come by for a tasting, but. You know, he'll he'll offer you some options and you'll go by and it it's a good experience it really is so you get a chance to schedule one with him it's fun yeah absolutely yeah. and and I want to get to that point where you know I have enough bottles that you know it, and I get out of my three or four bottle you know scenario where I can get eight or ten or twelve bottles open and be like hey 10 15 guys come on over have a little sample tell me what Definitely. you think and, then, and 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 I think that will help me get out of my stagnant stage of where I'm at. So we're running up close to about 50 minutes. So it's been a great conversation. Um, I always like to end all of my conversations with, uh, whoever our guest is with, uh, one or two either weird or funny questions. So, uh, we've, we've discussed neat and on the rocks and things like that. So, uh, I'm going to go with you on, um, what's the craziest thing you've done while being inebriated? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to think a little bit on that. Um, the craziest thing that I've done while being inebriated. Uh, so let's take it back to my 21st birthday. Okay. Wow. We're going way back. That's right. (laughs) In the before times. (laughs) So we had a, I was going to college and still lived at home. And so my folks actually rented me a limousine. For my my twenty first birthday, so me and uh, my very best friend, and I won't I won't I won't drop that person's name, and he he probably won't hear this because he doesn't do bourbon and he <laughs> he lives on the other side of the state, but and he would have crawled under a rock if uh, I told the story again. But anyhow, so we were in the limousine and having our night of of drunken debauchery. Um, there was a group of us that actually had gone out in the limousine and, uh, the night was wrapping up and it was, it was probably four or five in the morning and we're heading back. And this is when I lived in Evansville. Diamond Lane. So we're, <laughs> we, uh, we're actually, we're on Green River Road. And if any, okay. if anybody, any uh, fellow Hoosiers out there know <laughs> Evansville, 
this was back in the day when Greenville Road is where you cruised. So uh, we're coming down Greenville Road, and there's a car next to us with uh, some pretty young ladies in it. And I am doing the stereotypical, you know, standing up, head, torso outside of the sunroof in the limo. Um, see the pretty, pretty ladies like, hey, y'all want to go for a ride in the limousine? And they're like, sure. <laughs> okay. So we pulled over in the, in the mall parking lot. Um, good old Eastland Mall in Evansville. And so they got into the car and... I still our limo driver's name was Gene, um, and Gene, you know, he rolled down that partition window between you and 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 him, and he's like, "What what should I do?" Or we're like, "I don't know, just drive, Gene, just drive." So, <laughs> so he drove. He took the the uh, one sixty four wasn't even a thing there, so he just took. He probably just went like Diamond Avenue, went out on on North Side and West Side, and came back uh, up the the uh lloyd expressway back to the east side i don't know he did the loop whatever the loop around evansville is but we were in the and i mean we didn't know these young ladies from from anybody but we were we were feeling good and i don't know if, if they were feeling good or not but but um you know there was there was um a lot of physical contact that occurred in 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 the limousine while the uh try to keep this we'll keep no worse than PG thirteen, but anyhow. Go. So, uh, as we were doing the loop, and so we get back, and Gene stops the limo back at Eastland Mall where the young lady's car was, and so we're kind of sitting there in the car, still having a, you know like like a heavy makeout session, as it were, and all of a sudden, I just feel it come upon me. I got puke. <laughs> <laughs> It's the alcohol's coming up. I got to puke. And so my, my friend must have seen, uh, the physical distress that I was in trying to hold it back. And I just, it was like in slow-mo, like he's like, not in the limo, not in the limo. And I, but to me it was coming off like, not in the limo. And so, you know, hand over mouth. Tried to tried to keep it. I got the door open, roll out the side of the door, and just cut loose in the mall parking lot. There, just ah, just cut loose. And all I can remember is just looking up at the wheel of the of the car of the girls that were in the limo, and I just see them like burning out, leaving. <laughs> And I close the door, and I'm like, man, we were just so messed up. And we like high five and whatever. And that's so that's, uh, yeah, that's probably the craziest, I would say. We, we yeah. had a similar night to that, and uh, I've been trying to cover some of my favorite ones uh, over the course of this. But uh, I think it was for Dave Mull's 21st birthday. We uh, all went to a bar, and we were hanging out at Bar Louisville. I don't know if you remember Bar Louisville. Oh or yeah. Not. So we all go in. Toby actually stays in the limousine, and he's drinking, I think, Crown and Coke or something. I, I, I honestly don't know. And we go in, and I get thrown out of the bar within like six minutes because my buddy Mike starts hitting girls on the butt on the stage, and they thought it was me. So they reported me. The bouncer comes over, throws me out. So I go outside, and I had a one of those big 
fruit punch bowls full of alcohol that we were sharing oh, yeah. with a couple yeah. of us. And I get out to the car, and, and Toby's already half-wasted because he'd just been sitting out there by himself in the limo drinking whatever he was drinking. So I get in there with him, and we polish off the rest of the bottle of Crown, and then we drank some vodka and then some rum, and then so we drank some bourbon. And, and before I knew it, I mean, I was just completely just smashed. I mean, and we were hanging out the roof, rolling up and down Bardstown Road, screaming obscenities and everything else. So that, that was one of my favorite nights of uh, drunken tomfoolery, I will say. So, Well, Craig, it's been a pleasure having you on. I really appreciate you coming on to the show. Um, if you want to ask any questions or anything like that uh, for the audience, um, you can email us at bourbonbarreltalk at gmail.com, or you can visit us on the Facebook page and send us a direct message. Uh, thanks again, Craig, for coming out. Certainly. And, thank you, sir. All right. Signing off on Bourbon Barrel Talk, Episode 4.